Welcome back to episode number 31. Sit down and pay attention. Today, we're bringing you back to the roots. Those roots are subcontracting. We got a subcontractor technology in here coming out of YC, and you don't even know what that means. That's Y Combinator. These are the people changing the game, so sit down, pay attention, and yet you need to like and subscribe. And by the way, say what's up to the big man in the street. We've been seeing you out there. People have been coming up to me, but it's a reason for it. And that's because we're bringing you the heat on these companies. That's why we're here, bro. This is real tech talk. Boom chocolate. So who the hell are you, bro? You know, what are you into? What do you do? Yo, you can keep it real here. Tell me. Tell me about these real estate players. Eric Brody is the managing principal of CEMVC LLC. All opinions expressed by Eric and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of CEMVC LLC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of CEMVC LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. All right, everybody, here we go again. I got my girl Anna Berger, and today we are bringing something brand new and fresh. We have been talking about on this podcast, people trying to attack multifamily, trying to attack sensors in the field, different types of construction technology. But today, we have someone going after the subcontractor market. Thank God you are. Thank you for being here. And we really appreciate you having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, I also think what's fascinating, and we'll just briefly just shoot the shit about it, is uh, you are a native. You are from Strong. Island. I am. I am. Yes. And even more fascinating, I find, is this was not what you were originally in. What was your original way that you got into construction and got into technology? I am the daughter of an architect, and I think we share that, right? I'm the son. Well, oh. technically, I'm a son of an architect. You're the daughter of the architect. <laughs> yes. We, I, I, yes. Not that I'm judging, no, you know, it's but an, uh... it's an important disclaimer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, daughter of an architect. I have been on job sites since I can walk, and so I've always loved this world. I've got subcontractors and GCs all over the city that are my quote-unquote uncles. Uh, so. It's a space I love and I'm excited to tackle, but this is a far cry from what I've been doing the last few years. So. Yeah, so let's talk just briefly because I think yeah. it's really cool. A couple of things is, what was the background? What got you into construction? And then where you stand now? And then we will simply get into your company, which is called Trade, right? That's right. So what was the background? Like, how did you get to this space? I get it. You were influenced by Pop Dukes. He's the yeah. architect, yeah. but that's not where you went. No, not at all. So it really started at lunch with my dad and one of his subcontractors who I've known forever. Mm. We were all sitting Which around- Which trade? Uh, he's an electrician. Electrician. Okay. Yeah. And so we were all sitting around this lunch table and he was telling us how he had recently lost $100,000 on a project and he was hemorrhaging and he was really stressed out. And it all started when his top electrical foreman, who had been working with him for 15 years, had experienced this family emergency. And he runs to him on a Wednesday and he's like, dude, I've worked with you for 15 years. My mom's in the hospital. It's not looking good and I need money. Mm. Can you get me the money that I've already earned this week? And Chris looks at the guy and says, you know, I love you. We use paychecks. I'll see you next week. Like right. there's quite literally nothing I can do to get you that money sooner. And he pulls out a few hundred dollars out of his own pocket, out of the goodness of his heart, gives it, gives it to Sam. 
and it's not enough. So right? that's fascinating. It's like the love of the relationship, totally. the guy's helping him personally, but nothing business-wise that can go down. No. So there's this liquidity issue in subcontracting. Absolutely. And also just a digital issue, right? Mm -hmm. Payroll is archaic. 17% um, of subcontractors are using digital platforms. 83% mm -hmm. are still relying on manual processes and their accountants to run payroll for them, right? It's it's outdated. So you're saying the 17% on platforms, you mean more like cloud-based collaboration platforms, yeah. right? Which we've heard about and they've been around and they're very successful. Totally. The big but players. then the payroll processing part of it, you're saying is still a what? Like an ADP or is it yeah. just like a QuickBooks type of thing? Exactly. It's ADP. It's QuickBooks. It's happening, you know, every seven days they're processing that payment. Mm. And these guys are lucky if they're the, the money cashes in their account three or four days after that. Right. And so in a world where everything is instant and money is moving at the speed of light, why are construction workers getting their money seven to 10 days after the fact? So that was the inspiration for the company known as? Trade. Bam! Trade, <laughs> people. Are you paying attention? All right. So now you're now thinking about, okay, here's... That's a tipping point. Now yeah. what, though? What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. All right, you're like, all right, so you identified a problem in liquidity within subcontracting. Yeah. But where do you go from there, and why are you the one to tackle it? First, I wanted to see how big this problem was, right? Okay. I spent about nine months interviewing hundreds of subcontractors and general contractors and workers. In Long Island? In New York City. Oh, yeah. now we're in the city. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you've now <laughs> cheated on Long Island. Yeah. All right, I'm just making sure. So this this inception of trade happened at the end of 2021, uh, and I've been pretty laser focused on it since. Um, and so wait, there... wait, wait, full stop. How come? This is a very important question. Yeah, absolutely. You can't spell it right. <laughs> Why is it? I want you to tell the people how you're spelling trade. Sure. So it's spelled T R A Y D. Why? Why? Why can't we spell? <laughs> and you're going to tell me. I know you probably went to some amazing school. Yeah. And tell me why do we do that? Yeah, I did go to – it was a pretty decent school, yeah. Um, Which one? University of Michigan. I don't know. I went to Wisconsin, but whatever. Ooh, debating another time. A Big Ten rivalry. Right, <laughs> right here the on table. the mic right now. I love that for us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just trademarks. You know, mm -hmm. we wanted to jump through some hoops. I wanted it to be – a universal term for these guys, right? I wanted to be something that every single person could relate to. Uh, think about blueprints, right? Blueprints mm. are the universal language of construction. It doesn't 100%. matter if you're a plumber, a carpenter, an electrician, you're all looking at the same piece of paper, right? I want trade to feel like that. I want mm -hmm. it to feel like no matter what trade you are, this is your home, right? This is your ground zero. And, you know, that was... That like, was just messing with you, by the way. Yeah, Everyone yeah. does it. Yeah. I mean, it's just the funniest thing in construction <laughs> totally. tech. Like, we cannot spell <laughs> no. appropriately. I think it's apropos to our business, yeah. you know? We do we do the work, totally. you know? Most apps these days, it's like drop two letters, smush the word together. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so go back. So you have this moment. Yeah. Then you're, now you're fascinated. Yeah. Right? So now you're fascinated that we have this issue. There is a liquidity issue and that it's every two weeks for payroll or maybe once a week for labor. But what do you do in that interest? space and you wanted to see if it was a bigger problem. So you start interviewing. So what do you yeah. find out? Yeah. So I start interviewing and I start really going deep on the concept of earned wage access, mm -hmm. right? You're seeing earned wage access blow up in interest industries like retail, manufacturing, quick service so restaurants. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What is earned wage access? Yeah, it means you have instant access to the wages you've earned that day. So you clock in, you clock out. That money is available to you to withdraw into your personal bank account. And so I'm sitting at this table, right, mm. going back to this initial lunch. And I'm like, McDonald's offers earned wage access. Like, when did that start? 
When did that concept start? In the last start? like four years or so. Wow. I think as banks started to get more comfortable with these like short-term loans mm-hmm. um, and quick lending, uh, that's really when you start seeing that behavior pop up. Wow. Yeah. So you're seeing in other industries, and welcome totally. to the most laggard industry yeah. in the universe, it's construction. No, it's no surprise. You know, 50, 60 years behind. It's it's known as a cabinet industry. Mm-hmm. When I talk to VCs, you know, some of their thesis statements are like, we go after like cabinet businesses. And I'm like, okay, perfect. We're, we're in for it. So this what's is- a cabinet business? A legacy business that's still relying on manual processes, pen and paper. I have walked Which on- is now Excel. Totally. Pen and paper, we could say, is Excel, you right? You would be surprised. I have walked onto job sites in Manhattan with mm. a hard hat on, safety first. Of course. Very important. And I will watch, just observe, right? I will watch how guys on these hundreds of millions of dollar development projects are clocking in. They are signing in on pen and paper. They are putting their fingers on an iPad. They are taking a selfie to prove that they are at the right location that day. And I am sitting there being like, what is going on? The technology exists. Yep. We're here already. We've so let's been go here. back though. Yeah, yeah. Earn wage access. So we get this concept. It's because, okay, so other industries are using it like McDonald's, but it wasn't applied to this industry. Yeah. And I needed to understand why. There's so much red tape in Mm -hmm. construction. It comes down to money moving so slowly, right? Subcontractors are constantly just trying to make ends meet, right? They are receiving their payments, net 90, net 120, right? And so by the time the money- Wait, let's go back to that. So that you're saying like, and I think the concept is super relevant, what you've identified, which is basically it's a requisition basis, right? You're getting paid for the work that you did in the prior 30 days, right? And then you're saying, well, then it's net 60 or net 90 from the day that the requisition has been approved, which is 30 days after the work has been done. Exactly. So you're saying then they're getting the paid in 120 days to the subcontractor. Exactly. So okay. in these big financed projects, which is the niche that I am focusing on, it's hardly a niche, it's a massive industry. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, a subcontractor has to report and say, of this project is now complete. The labor is complete. Please release my funds from the bank. Correct. By the time the money moves from the bank to the owner, to the GC, to the sub, to the workers, we're looking at net net 90, net 120. Oh, easily. 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 And then if there's a stop work order, it's even stopped. There's all these reasons why that process that you just said, hopefully being efficient on 120, can go much longer. Exactly. So- constantly subcontractors to make weekly payment. They're pulling from other projects, right, that are finished and complete and signed, sealed and delivered. They have to make sure that there's constantly other pools of cash laying around because their current project isn't paying out in time. Well, I think that that's just so true. We call it a whip report, like work in progress, right? That subcontractor is like playing a game of chess. He may have done the actual work, but he actually has to get the check. There's a big difference between earning it and then receiving that capital. And again, I think it's important we point out, you're talking about the owner of the subcontracting company, although you're you're now you're attacking the actual employee of that company right. but just laying out the problems that that subcontractor has right right so in this you know 9 months where i am head down trying to understand this problem space yep. i am starting to observe these macro issues mm. right hitting every person in the funnel right it's the gcs that their hands are tied right cuz they're sitting in between two Two parties, one that like doesn't want to give up their money because the work isn't where they want it to be. Correct. And the subs that are like, I need to pay my guys. And these GCs are like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just trying to project manage as best as I can. You have Yeah, it's this a disparate industry, right? 100%. One is moving at a monthly or 60 or 90 day pace. 
But the law is saying to that worker, they must be paid some of them weekly or biweekly. Right. Right. Exactly. So then you have the subcontractors who have the GCs stepping on their throats, yeah. being like, deliver, deliver, deliver. And you have on the other side, the workers being like, I need to pay my phone bill. Right. Of I course. need to make ends meet. Yeah, how am I showing up to the job? If you're not going to pay me. Correct. And the last final hurdle, which shocked me the most of all, was the number of skilled laborers, guys that have worked their entire career in the trades, right? Mm. They're not making an hourly day wage. They're making $50, $60, $70 an hour, right? These are union workers. Mm -hmm. They are leaving their jobs to go work for less lucrative gig economy work like Uber and Postmates because those types of platforms are starting to offer instant pay. Wow. And so, so the access to capital being that expedited and quick is enough of a motivator to stop something that is much more lucrative because of the timing of the payment. Exactly. Wow. And once I cracked that and I saw all of those pieces sitting in front of me, I literally sat back and I was like, I have something here. So what is it? Trade. <laughs> Thank you for that segue. Thank you. So that's, that's my job. <laughs> We're innovating here, right? right? We're taking an age-old concept, which is construction payroll. We are innovating, and we are designing it so that we can run payroll and offer same-day pay. So tell – all right. I, I think it's an incredible problem. It's obvious, right? I always yeah. like obvious problems to solve using technology, right? Yeah. So now – so tell me. Tell me two things I'm really curious about. So what's the financing? Like, how are you now doing it? Because you're talking about, I'm assuming, debt. Because if the guy just had money laying around, he'd use it and then replenish it and use it. So there's a, there's a third party in there, right? And then where do you stand today? So to start, mm -hmm. uh, we have quite a few design partners that we are in the process of launching this product into market. Uh, we very carefully selected partners that have enough liquidity on hand to support the initial days of earned wage access. So there is no type so of- So you're the bank. We are not. No one's the bank. The mm -hmm. subcontractor is supplying the payments for earned wage access. Okay. You have to think of it as they're going to make this payment on Friday. Yep. Can they afford someone pulling out three hundred or four hundred dollars on a Tuesday? Right. Our initial launch partners can afford that. Okay. And that was a very strategic decision. We want to hone in first on our wedge, right? Which is, will earned wage access change this industry? Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And then. Once we have that answer, which I'm pretty sure it will, but again, I have to be, I'm the founder, I have to be delusionally sure of my of idea. Uh, then we go into the bigger kind of nut to crack, which is tackling how money moves in this industry and how to stop the hemorrhaging that's happening downstream. So once we get into that, that's when in terms of like factoring and financing these projects. Right. And then I'm assuming, yes, then you'll solve for less and less expensive capital because it's already been proven and down, 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 Correct. right? And drive down that cost. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's fascinating. And it sounds to me that where do you stand? Because, you know, my role here at Real Tech Talk is yeah. to find those technologies that you don't know, audience, that are changing the game. So where do you stand as a company? Yeah. We're in a really, really exciting juncture. Uh, we joined Y Combinator's summer program uh, starting a few months ago. Give the audience, because yeah. they may not know, because many of them are coming from construction and development in that side, what's Y Combinator? I know that's a superstar of your industry. What's Y Combinator? Yeah. Why is it so prestigious when you say that and why it's relevant? Yeah, Y Combinator at its core is a startup accelerator program. It has produced companies like Stripe, 
Airbnb, Instacart, Gusto, DoorDash, the names that are household names. Um, And essentially, they are a venture fund, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But they are also our day-to-day mentors. So we have- who did, who did you beat up to get in there? You know, you're in construction. We's definitely not, you I'm know. I'm anti-violence. You should know that. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no one was harmed in our application process. For, okay, yeah. okay, fine. I mean, we're the Neanderthals here, so, you know, we always think we're coming in hard and fast, yeah, you know? no need. You can yeah. just have a conversation. <laughs> Is that right? It's oh, true. Okay, interesting. Crazy. Um, there's a written application, and then... Uh, and luckily, how many people total? Um, I know for sure. Um, it was quite a competitive pool. The ex- I think there were over 20,000 applications. And how many were selected? Less than 1%. God damn. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that's step one, right? That was step one. So we, we submitted a written application. We demoed the product. We told them where we were at. We were in a crucial moment. Mm. We needed capital to finish our product build. And we couldn't get into market without capital. Correct. And it was a brutal position as a founder, right? I was sitting two feet back from the finish line, finish line being the starting line, right? Of course. Um, And couldn't start the race without that final push of capital. So we so luckily got a call back and... I had just pitched to a hundred VCs, mm. uh, and I had my pitch down. Right, I had my spiel, I had my numbers, yep. I had everything I needed. And so when they asked me thirty-six questions in twelve minutes, I had my answers. Ready. And where are they based out of? They're in San Francisco. So you flew out there to do it? Yes, I've mm-hmm. actually been back and forth for the last few months, and will continue to be until the end of September. So, so they gave you the capital you needed. Yes, you're in the summer program in this moment right now. And what happens when you leave that program? Yeah, uh, they come with us, right? They have basically started our next round, so they opened up a safe to lead our next, or not lead, but to support our next round. And so we, I have an assigned mentor who Mm -hmm. I'm in constant communication with and that continues beyond the program. So they are true like pre-seed seed investors. And I think the there's, the world is missing that. I think it's such like crucial growth moment to be on the ground floor of a company when they're so vulnerable and like a gust of wind can blow them into failure. Right. Um, Even though as we've identified, you identified someone other people haven't that is an obvious problem in the construction industry today. Yeah. And you needed those sources of capital. Exactly. exactly. So why you though? Why? Where did you come from and how yeah. did you get into this space? All right. So we got the, the yeah. Pop Dukes. You know, sure. he's in the business. So that's one that's an influence, but that's yeah. not the business you were in. No, not What at were all. you involved in? This is my second company. Um, I spent three years building a video dating app mm-hmm. and I really focused in that role on product and marketing and growth. Um, I grew Curtain, uh, also spelled without with missing letters. Obviously. I'm, yeah, obviously. You know, how could it be anything else? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, an, surprise. An app for Gen Z that's missing letters. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was an amazing product, right? We, my co-founder and I, we saw this white space where TikTok was blowing up. Mm-hmm. But all forms of dating were photo based. And we were like, what's going on here? Right. Like we I hated personally showing up to dates in my mid 20s in New York City Mm -hmm. 
And hearing a guy's voice and immediately it like nails on a chalkboard. And you're like, if I knew what you sounded like at 6 p.m. today, this date would have been canceled. Wow, that's tough. I know. <laughs> you're I'm tough, I'm, dude. I'm, listen, I, I'm not violent, but right, I am right. tough. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so, you know, we had this, again, we had this hypothesis, like what if we brought TikTok into dating and mm-hmm. we built a video dating app? It was, you know, the functionality of TikTok. Imagine a TikTok feed where people's profiles were pre-recorded videos. I guess my question is more like, but were you a programmer oh, or yeah. are you like, I'm straight entrepreneur? Like yeah. what? Like, yeah. You were, yeah. So you'll write, the, you'll write the business plan. Yeah. You'd, you'd find the, the engineers to do it, but you're like, this is the idea. You exactly. are the founder, so to speak. Yeah. I, maybe I would even say I'm the dreamer, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I like to see what's not there. I like to listen to people complain because a lot of times when you just listen a little better, yeah. ideas are sitting right in front of you. Agreed. And I, I think th- I've spent the last few years just listening really closely, waiting for an idea that I felt passionately about. I feel like when I had this kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, I just something in my like childhood experience of always being around workers and Mm -hmm. seeing that they were like, you know, sharing lunches and like I'd go to these job sites, right? Yeah. Like I would see them. I like I have these like quote unquote uncles who have struggled their whole professional lives, even though they get up every single day at four thirty in the morning and they're on the job site by six and like it's just not getting easier for them, right? And I just felt really compelled to solve this problem. I think I'm at a really unique vantage point, right? Because I I have a tech background. Mm-hmm. I under, I'm not a coder, but I do have a tech background. I've worked in this space. I know business. I know product. I know marketing. Mm-hmm. I know how to build a, like an app for virality. Um, and I have like a unique like vantage point to construction, right? Like I know enough without being so like swallowed. You know enough by to it. be dangerous. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. That. <laughs> Again, nonviolence. You know, sitting with the the self-proclaimed silverback gorilla of uh, construction and tech. Exactly. All right. So we got this new, brand new. There's two things. First, I want to I want to just hear. So where does the company stand? And right now, obviously, it's there and it's now funded. When do you launch yeah. into the space? Yeah. So we are in the process of launching right now. Mm-hmm. The product is completely ready. I'm in New York City, away from the program in San Francisco, so I can be on the ground with our customers. So we're in the process of like integrating with our first customer, and we're off to the races. Uh, we have. Can a I few, tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just awesome, and just the putting a, a what is it, a feather in your cap? Sure. My cap, but not <laughs> yours, mine. Yeah. Is. The whole premise of this was like, you know, Tim Ferriss podcast. How do you create an ecosystem where you have access to like the founders, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like the people like doing it? Yeah. And it's like this moment you are coming out, companies formed, about to hit the market. And everyone else out there doesn't have that access. And here you are, right? Like I'm like, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. doing this thing. So that's really cool. So when do you think like, when's the launch? And I have to be at the event. So tell us. <laughs> I haven't actually decided when we'll celebrate. Uh, I, I think we, we got into YC. We jumped over the celebration. We got right to work. We're about to launch. We have no celebration planned. I think it's important to take a beat. I think once we run our first full month of payroll successfully, I'll pick my head up and go for a drink. Uh, and you're more than welcome to join. Um, 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real. It's happening. Um, so when should we be looking out for that? Any day now. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. An, that's awesome. Yeah. So then in addition then, just so that like we pump it out there, where do they find you or how do they find out about it? So it's really a closed beta 
right now, okay. right? So it's invite only working with subcontractors that I've built a relationship over with the last year, right? And so, you know, my partnerships right now are strategic. Yeah. These are, and these aren't people that I know from my personal network. These mm-hmm. are people that I, <laughs> my first subcontractor, I, this was the guy I walked onto a job site last yeah. summer with a hard hat on. And I was like, is there anyone I could talk to? Mm-hmm. And he was like, what is this girl doing? And I was like, do you have a minute? He's my first customer. You know, sometimes you just have to do things that don't scale. Obviously, and being fearless, like that was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just not taking no holds barred and just getting busy with it. I saw him two nights ago and he was like, I think it's our one year anniversary. And I was like, cheers to that. So tell me just quickly, and I think it's important. What's the economic model as a business? We understand. And I agree with you. Here's the problem. It, It doesn't make sense. Give me two things. One, that business model in mm-hmm. other industries, how do they make money? And just like, so what is the actual model for you? Yeah. It's a SaaS platform fundamentally. So mm-hmm. subcontractors are paying to run payroll, right? QuickBooks, ADP, they charge a monthly rate or a per user per month uh, cost yep. to process payroll for their employees. We're following suit, right? That's pretty standard. Um, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. Payroll yep. is expensive. We have to worry about taxes and deductions, especially as we you know, tackle the union deductions and of all that stuff. That's top of mind for us. And so um, you know, payroll is not a place we're cutting corners. Right. Um, we're actually doubling down and trying to innovate there as mm. well. So how have like the the companies that back McDonald's and the rest of it doing what you're doing, how are they doing? Well, yeah. There's companies like should I name drop other You can. I mean it doesn't yeah. mean it makes it, but yeah, yeah. you know. Um PayActive is a, an earned wage access provider. Um Chime has also it's a pretty big neo bank. They mm-hmm. they've been toying with like get early access to your pay three days early if you show bank stubs of like your last paycheck and we can assume you're still working there. Yep. Um, there's a little bit of risk associated of with course. that, but they've figured out a model that works and it's, you know, Chime is so successful. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's a bunch. There's a bunch. And so are you underwriting that? By the way, I think that's fascinating. Like you have to underwrite that the job will continue to be funded, right? And now you're looking like the trickle down effect so that you're confident and comfortable with the weekly pay. Yeah. We basically do. And that's why I think building our long-term relationship with these subcontractors mm-hmm. is important. I think a year-long customer pipeline might be to close the deal, might scare some people off. But from where I'm sitting, this is a very vulnerable period. And I want to make sure my subs like have the collateral on hand to deal with this. So, of course, you know, I've gotten to watch them over the last year, manage their business, build their business. I saw one sub go from 145 guys to 210 right. in under a right. year because he's starting to take on more work. That's a really strong indicator for me. And so we have these like business health scores mm-hmm. that we like operate with internally. And so, yeah. And then is it so so you're adding a benefit. That subcontractor now can say, even when marketing for getting guys, girls, however, right, onto their into their company, they can say, by the way, we give you access to this, right? That Absolutely. helps, right? When I talk to these guys, yeah. these subcontractors, I should say there are some women too. So mm-hmm. No worries. Coming from me, that should be front and center. <laughs> we, we, we're using guys yeah. in the vernacular <laughs> yeah. for all people. Perfect. Love that. Um, when I talk to them, the, the pitch to them is, is threefold, mm-hmm. right? It's you know, save time and energy in your back office. You're spending 10 to 20 hours a week. Yep taking payroll and like processing it, right? Right. Then there's the added reconciliation of time and attendance data. Mm -hmm. It's happening on spreadsheets. 
in email body copy, right? They're like, John worked six hours, of Frank course. worked 12 hours. And you're like, what am I doing with this information? Like, put it somewhere. Right. And so you've got five, six, seven people in the back office working on time and pay. So it's just a time savings tool, first and foremost. And secondly, it's like you're hemorrhaging your workers. We haven't talked about it really, but that was- Let's hear what's happening. I mean, as I said at the top of the the meeting, like the gig economy is taking over. Right. It's it's more enticing to these guys because they have the flexibility to work when they want to work and get paid instantly. And subcontractors know that in order to retain their workers, they have to get competitive and they have to incentivize. And so they love this hook of like, my guys are going to love this. You know, they're like, they'll be, you know, they'll either. Well, it creates a gig economy or their perception of a gig economy to maybe a more, you know, structured, you know, business, right? So that it feels gig, but actually it's a lot more long-term with this tool. Absolutely. We are basically unlocking daily pay wages to the W-2 workers. What do you think then, just in thinking that, what's the future then? Do you think it drives more workers back to construction because we have such like a dearth right now? No doubt in my mind. There was research published by Walmart from Mm -hmm. PayActive um, where they had like a global study. And it basically said nine out of 10 people would leave their job to pursue a job that offered earned wage access. Once they had previously experienced earned wage access, they would do anything to get it back. That's a huge fact, right? Which is obviously why what what YC and others are now seeing, right? So what what round are you at or, you know, are you raising or what's the story? Yeah. So we had a closed out pre-seed from Y Combinator and we have our initial funds set up for our seed round. Um, I'm looking to raise sometime later this year, Uh, not actively fundraising. We are as I said, head down. Yeah, getting, right now you're you're, you're in it. Yeah. You got to scale. Yeah. Boom. But you're Get saying soon will be market. the next yeah. round. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping this fall we can we can kick off our seed. Oh, wow. So we got to pay attention, yeah. right? We got to watch because yeah. if it is going to light up, the whole point of this is that you get access exactly. so that we can you exactly. know, get involved, obviously. Yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on. We yeah. were going to have like an amazing episode. I think I'm we so got some glad. great stuff. Cool. And I'm super excited. Honestly, I learned so much more about what you're doing by having you in here communicating about it. And, you know, look, I'm super interested. So I want to stay in touch. Amazing. Thank All you right. so much. Eric. You got it. It was so fun. You're welcome. You guys heard it here first. Obvious, massive problem, right? If the gig economy, and we spoke about it before, that we're losing labor in construction, what's a way in which they would actually stay? How about access to capital faster? And that's the reason that she is now growing so fast and is about to launch into the greater marketplace is she has identified a problem and a solution within that space. These are the companies that you need to pay attention to. There are also a little bit of fintech in there. I think this one could be massive. I'm paying close attention to this one. And I'd like to put a feather in my damn hat. We're identifying these companies because of the ecosystem we're creating with Real Tech Talk. And if I could drop this mic, I would. Peace.